Welcome to episode, let's see, what number are we? 72 of About the Cards podcast live tonight on YouTube, as always. We are uh, brought to you by 1991 Fleer. As always with me, my host, Stefan Waffle at Drug Wax Twins, Ben Wilson at our trading cards, and I'm Tim Shuffler at Big Chef 79. We are a podcast by collectors for collectors, hoping to bring you a spar and insightful podcast discussing trading card collecting. We're live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific. And 10 Central, 11 Eastern. Oh, YouTube, Periscope, Facebook Live. Follow us on Twitter at About the Cards. We're, we're available as a podcast pretty much everywhere. Check out our website, aboutthecards.wordpress.com. And you can also hang out with us on the Flick Chat app. Uh, talk about the pod in 91 Fleer. So uh, tonight we have a special guest with us, as you see. Nick Wasik is back. What's up, Nick? How are we doing tonight? Well, how are you guys? Outstanding. So if you guys aren't familiar, Nick was on previously with us a few months back. Um, he's a photo addict with a sports problem. The freelance photographer. He was also run over to Vikings-Eagles game by uh, defensive back Craig James of the Eagles. You recovered? Yeah, you, the only hit he made all game, probably. <laughs> so, funny story. I'm sitting, I'm painting my daughter's, soon-to-be daughter here, uh, her bedroom. And uh, I'm watching the, the Viking. I was watching the Vikings-Eagles game. Um, and uh, I just, for whatever reason, I took a minute. I was just checking out the score, and I see the touchdown. And I go, dude, that was Nick. And so I like rewind it. I keep watching. I'm like, yeah, that is. So I took a picture and I send to these guys and go, dude, I think Nick just got pummeled uh, on national television. So yeah, I got trucked. Uh, my phone was blowing up, and I'm like, you guys, I'm fine. I, you know, <laughs> the, the rumors of a, my demise were greatly exaggerated, and I'm like, I just had to put the phone away because like I had to work. You know? Yeah. How is that down there? Is that fun? Yeah, it's cool. Like, I'm not gonna yeah. lie, and I love it. You know? Yeah. The uh. You know, and the thing too, like it happened so fast, it was, uh, it didn't really hurt. You know, it was more like, I've never done like martial arts or anything like that, but it felt like judo, like where mm -hmm. he came on me or just he hit me. And then like, I sort of popped up and my knee threw him up and then my, and he was like two seconds gone. Right. Yeah. Just rolled right off me. And then like the, the video guy in front of me, he was just like laid out and he's like on my legs. I'm like, buddy, you okay? You okay? And he's still shooting, and I grab my camera, and I still, like, do the job, right? And uh, and that was it. And then yeah. after that is, I'm a meme or a gif, and then I'm, can I post this? And I'm like, it's going to be on the internet anyway. I don't care. <laughs> I, I've been watching a lot of Tom and Jerry lately. Yeah. And it, it seemed like an episode where, you know, Tom all of a sudden gets pounded slowly into the, the ground. Right, you know, by Spike, it just yep. seemed like you know, one moment you're there, and then the next moment you're, you know, underneath the turf, and then you yeah. pop up, and it's just like that's awesome. Well, I wanted, and then the, the the game afterwards, I wanted to take a picture of that spot, and then do like the trace outline of the dead, mm -hmm. <laughs> there, you know, but just didn't have time. No, that that's pretty awesome. I was actually at a game, a 49ers game years ago, where Vernon Davis actually took out a photographer, and he got sent to the hospital. And they found out he had some awful cancer. Yeah, and if and he got hit, they wouldn't have known about it. Yeah, and they, yeah, without the hit, they wouldn't have known about it. Saved his life. Right. And I just, so no, you know, but it was just, it's one of those things like you never know, but to, to be professional and say the job, you see the guys get all the time too, like uh, for like CBS or NBC or whatever, getting trucked on the sidelines. And they're still, you know, they're still going out and doing the job, which is, right. you know, which is awesome. But I thought it was, I told my wife, I was like, 
well, that's my buddy Nick that we hung out with. And he, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I uh, see so you pop up and that you're here with us tonight. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm still so, alive. I'm good. So, so what's so new? I think, for, oh, go, what's I, 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 I think what he's trying to say is next time we're together, we owe you an icy. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, or a beef icy. sandwich. Maybe. Maybe. Hot, hot beef. Um, <laughs> so you have something new coming up. Yes. What, what's going on with you, bud? So after you know, with all your guys' faults, after being on the show, Upper Deck called and said, hey, uh, well, let's do something around the whole Jack Hughes bit. And uh, last three months I've been filming and running around the country doing as much as I can. And you know, probably within the next couple of weeks we're going to start releasing stuff here. So awesome. It's a, it's a little bit different process when you have so many people involved. You know, like if I just go do something, I put it online, I'm done. But now you have the NHL, the Players Association, people's agents. There's a lot of sort of people with vested interest in projects like this. So it, it's a little slower than I thought it would be, but it's still happening. And, you know, we're the UD1 gets released tomorrow, and I'm going to be filming at my local card shop. We're going to have a big to-do out there, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Hopefully it takes off. If not... I got to say I did it, you know? Yeah, no, that, that that's the thing, right? You, you, that's like why this, we did this podcast. We're going to do it. And if it doesn't work out, then, oh, well, we tried that. We, at least we gave it the effort. Right. Um, I geeked on the fact that you were at the headquarters and they were picking up shots for Young Guns cards. Right. That, to me, was – and, you know, I just – like I said, we, I opened my first box of hockey this, this summer and um, a Series 2 last year. And uh, just to to understand what that card really is and, and – um, or what what that and then what it means for hockey hockey collectors mm-hmm. and to sit there and, and see that process. Uh, what was that like? It was well, it it's the golden ticket and then to see inside a Wonka chocolate factory, you know. And I think that episode especially is going to be really popular with the collectors because you don't get these sort of inside behind the curtain looks every day. Uh, uh, places like Upper Deck. So I'm going to be really excited when it one gets released. And I'm not going to lie, I told all those guys there, like, I hope I'm holding it together here because, like, it, it was really hard not to geek out where you go in a back room and they have archives of every photo they ever shot on slides. Oh, wow. You know, like, mm. like, these, and John Ibrick, the photographer there, is like, hey, you want to start looking at this stuff? I'm like, dude, if you, I'll ne- you'll never get me out of here. So, so you had the big jacket on, like like people that go into the the uh, movie theater with all of their candy underneath their jacket. Oh, I wish. I wish the uh, you walk you walk out and you got stuff in your pockets and. Well, I, I walk in and they have the light table. The light table back in the day was what, what it sounds like. It's a light table. You put the slide in there and you get the loop and you look down. And I look down and it's a a medium format slide, so it's you know about that big, and it's Wayne Gretzky and Brett Hall at an All Star game, just sitting there doing something mm. like. And that's the first thing I saw. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that that is awesome. Well, uh, you're gonna hang up the show with us tonight, right? Because we're gonna talk some hockey and uh, absolutely you know, make fun of each other. Fair enough. All right, I appreciate it. Uh, so we'll hop into it. The week that was last week's release is Tops Living Week '86. Uh, it was a two car week. The first one we've had a uh, card 255 Ty Cobb, Hall of Fame outfielder, the Detroit Tigers, sold nine short of 3,700. Card 256, Josh James, rookie pitch of the Astros, sold almost 2,300. Uh, you can check out at Top Living staff for full breakdown of where these cards fall, respectively, in the set by team and position. Um, I, I'm surprised that the Cobb got up that high. He wasn't as high as a good old Honus was, so that's good. But um, I think he was like 140 overall. 
Yeah, but that card is phenomenal. And, and it really is. you're also talking about one of a handful, half dozen guys that are that are beyond iconic to where, you know, if, if Ruth was coming down now versus when he was dropped, you know, obviously if they ever got the rights to Mantle, Gehrig, you know, there's going to be a handful of guys that are going to be a little bit better. And I know 3,700 is not that fantastic, but considering where it's been, um, you know, it's been, been much, much better. Uh, but yeah, that, that card's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty sharp. Real yeah, quick, a shout out to five foul ball or foul five ball. Wow, I always get that wrong. He missed last week's show live. Yeah, we concerned. There's a fire by his house for the second time in two years. So I'm glad it sounds like everything, hopefully everything's okay with you and uh, in your in your neighborhood there. So it's been crazy out here. Uh, 2019 Panini Flawless Baseball also dropped last week. It was the one release. We'll hop, we'll hop in the hot off the presses this week's new releases. Tops Living Week 87. Card 257, Sean Doolittle, World Series champion pitcher of the Washington Nationals. Card 258, Michael Kopich, rookie of the Chicago White Sox. Another two-card week. And we talked pre-show. You know, Tops hasn't come out and said anything. So that's kind of confusing. Like, this has been a pretty, you know, this is going on almost, you know, over two full years now, almost two full years now. And we haven't had anything saying, hey, like, you know, we changed the two cards because it's the off season. But they did three yeah, cards in last off season, right? I mean, well, it, it would be a good time to change this whole program and just announce going into the new year, moving forward, they're going to do two cards every week, or that they're only doing two cards temporarily, and three cards will come back. You know, in March, April. Um, you know, we were talking off air um, that. Our bias, of course, that we've mentioned on here before would be a good time now to change the program to allow, you know, veterans, guys like Nolan Ryan and Mike Piazza opportunities to have multiple cards, whether they're spaced out or whatever the particulars are. Now would be a really good time for them just to drop a press release and explain the change from three to two and anything else they might want to throw in there at the moment. Yeah, but they're not going to because why would they? Yeah, the Doolittle card, I mean, he's not a, a huge name, but he's gotten a lot of pub lately, just the way he's been celebrating the World Series, which is cool, kind of like Ovechkin did when the, when the Capitals won. I think he's still partying off of that. Yeah. Um, but well, and, the made a, and the Doolittle's a sharp-looking card. It's a, it's a great card. Yeah, I mean, the blue eyes and the glasses and the beard. I mean, the, the detail on his beard is phenomenal. And, uh, you know, but, yeah, I mean, Doolittle has had a couple of comments recently. Obviously, he didn't go to the White House, made a political statement. Um, so he, was, he got a little bit of press there. And then he also had made that comment. Uh, I forget which reporter it was they had made uh, when uh, Daniel Hudson left the team at the beginning of the uh, NLDS because his wife was giving birth. And some reporter made a jackass comment about, you know, how dare you right now is when your team needs you. And Doodle's like, if you're saying anything other than, hey, congratulations, I hope everybody made it through the birth okay, then you're an a-hole. And uh, so, yeah, Doolittle's had a little bit of press recently on his own. So, yeah. Well, hey, I'm, hey, I'm not going to miss a show, baby. I'm going to keep the streak alive. It's um, a much nicer photo than the co-patch. And no offense. It's just maybe it's just the way that his face is stretched out a little bit. 
Doolittle yeah. almost looks like a photo. If and maybe Nick can speak to that more than I can, because that's his profession. But the the Kopech looks more like like artwork, photorealistic. Yeah. Is the same artist still doing all of these? You guys got to hit me for this. Yes. For now. Maybe, yeah, she she kind of hadn't renewed her deal with Tops. Well, I had some of that too, where like just the the workload, and then everybody, you know, kind of bragging on the work, but uh. And maybe that's not why they went down to two. They're just what they have is what they have, and they're spacing them out. Yeah, you know. So that and that's what our thought was as well. So uh, no, I think it's a it's a fun time to release Doolittle because you know I could have named uh, you know a couple hundred thousand guys before I would name Sean Doolittle getting a card. But I like it's good timing. So uh, also this week, two thousand. 19 top stranger things drops uh it's called welcome to the upside down it's 62 dollars a box 24 packs per box seven cards per pack you're gonna get one autograph or sketch card you're gonna get also an additional autograph sketch card or mem card or maybe even a manufactured relic one of those four will be in there um it's a hundred card base set. It's the third trading card release for this series from netflix uh, rather than sticking to a specific season like the first two, uh, this one's more um, thematic about the approach. It dives into the upside down uh, with the darker designs and monstrous sides, side roads. So it gives them more of a, a grittier look, I guess, than the other releases. I opened two boxes of Series 2 or you know, last year's 2018's release, uh, and it was fun. Good looking cards. I had the first set. I bought off someone. Um, so if you like the show, it, you know it's totally nostalgia for '80s kids. So I'm excited to see that they're continuing to to release some of those products. So real, real quick, I, I bought Heather Series One or Season One, however you know they're they're yeah. labeling, and I really really appreciate. It. I, I'm not a fan of the show. I'm not a fan of the genre, but I loved the cardstock. Has the mm-hmm. cardstock maintained itself as yeah. as they've come? Um, yeah, it's it's still basically it's the heritage stock, right? Yeah, which is the exact. I mean, I mean, when I hold Stranger Things and, and obviously Heritage, and then you hold Living, it's just like, come on, man, that would have been a perfect stock to have used. But we've discussed that at nauseum. Yeah, <clears throat> so I'm excited to see that. I just, you know, it's not sports, but I had to bring it up since it's something that uh, is near and dear. Uh, we've all, you know, I know that uh, Steph and. You guys, you and Ange have hopped into it a little bit, right? Yeah, we've. Uh, I think Ange broke two boxes of Series Two, and uh, we were gifted a set for Series One, uh, base anyway. Um, and come pay it, we'll probably pick up a box or two if we're not uh, having to flee to Minnesota for reasons. Um, and uh, yeah, it, sh- it should be a fun break. Usually is. Yeah, no, it's it's always exciting. Um, we also have 2019-20 NBA Panini NBA hoops drop today. Now it's uh, weird. I'm going to say this: 128 dollars a box, 24 packs per box, eight cards per pack. Uh, you're going to receive two autographs and 24 inserts and/or parallels. It's a 300 card base set. Uh, hoops is going to be the first release this year at the 2019 draft class in their actual NBA uniforms. Uh, there's hoops tribute cards. Uh, which include past stars and invoke a retro vibe similar to the 91-92 set, which I thought uh, was a great set. That's probably just because I collected the holy hell out of it, Uh, getting Larry Johnson rookies and 
um, in there, but uh, it's a uh, it's a sharp looking set. Um, I actually have a box right here, uh, but I sold it. So because it was a hundred, you know, it sold for over one hundred and twenty dollars. And just give you an idea, these boxes are usually averaging around eighty bucks the last few years, sometimes even less. We talked about last week. Um, it also has hoops, uh, art signatures, which is a new addition this year. Uh, they're on card signatures, and there's also a dual pair with rookie stars. Uh, short print champion cards with the Toronto Raptors, and then retail is going to have some exclusive inserts and autograph sets. And if I'm not mistaken, first off the line tried to launch today. <gasps> so I guess it's going to be second off the line now. Yeah, right. But yeah. So we're going to get into that later. Um, it's just disappointing. I mean, that I, 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 to me, it doesn't surprise me more when first off the line doesn't work. Like whether no one can get it or everybody gets upset or it's, it's, it's come to be when to, it's expected. It, it surprises me when it does work. And that's why I made the crack on the show account that it's more of a uh, first servers online because they could actually use to stand a, Upgrade it, upgrade the process a little bit. I mean, we, we've shown in the past where someone's literally clicking with two fingers to hit buy and refresh, buy and refresh, and still not getting through. Yeah. Yeah, but, and, and you know, as long as Top Sapphire and, and first off the line, you know, and all these these Tops and Panini products are selling out in a matter of, of minutes, you know, even, even though you're upsetting the masses and, you know, we all have the the – you know, the medium of Twitter and, and other social media platforms to, you know, discuss and rant and, and, you know, and be upset as a group. I mean, as long as they're selling out, what's it matter? You know, why, why would any of these companies change? Well, at least, at least top's website actually works when you go to well, lately, lately, when you've gone to go and buy it because Panini site doesn't, I mean, it showed today and, um, you know, crashes and stuff like that. So uh, there's the, that, that right there. There's that tribute that you see the, the Charles Barkley with the 9192 design. Mm -hmm. uh, love that. And he's got that old stupid Sixers jersey with like the the sea of sparkle. It looks like something out of Rainbow Bright. Stars rolling up the side, yeah. Yeah. yeah like, you, you know, those old, uh, I mean, slightly older for you guys, uh, newer for you guys, but uh, the um, – all the little sticker sets and the art deco stuff that you'd come across as a kid, like the Lisa Frank stuff where they had like the sticker roller. It's yeah. kind of what looks like what they did up the Jersey there. Just a little star pattern, just rolled straight up to the chest. Yep. Oh, good old Charles. Sir Charles. Uh, yep. Sir Charles, uh, 2019 tops dynasty drops today, $365 a box, one pack per box, one card per pack. You're going to autograph memorabilia's card or a cut signature. There are 82 player subjects. They're active and retired. There are players appearing with multiple teams like Robbie Alomar is like on every team he played for. He has like four teams. Um, virtually every card in his autographed pat with a his autographed patch card with no uh, with an on-card autograph. Good Lord, guys. I can't talk tonight. Number to 10 or less. So like this number to five that's on screen? Yes. Yeah, I've got a couple of tops dynasty cards from years past, and they're okay. 
they're not bad, but at the price point and, and, and some of the lesser players that, that are still selling for ridiculous prices, to, to me, it's, just, it, it's such an easy pass for even guys like myself on the secondary market. It, it's just a, there's so much of that crap out. Why would, would anybody want this, especially at retail where it's extremely overpriced? What, you can't 365 a card? It's not a good deal? Well, you know, yeah. When, when you when you get random Schmo, the guy that, that's on the checklist to pull down the Mike Trouts hey, of the world. Go scroll down to the checklist. Let's see who the worst player is real quick, Steph. Sure. Auto? Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, we just spent $365, and we, we didn't get Mike Trout, and we didn't get, you know, a, a retired okay. star. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's out of the 82 guys, I mean. I mean, it's obviously this guy. Kirby Puckett. No, I mean, Aaron Nola uh, yeah. might be the guy. Um, Blake Snell. He, he, Stan Kobaleski. You, you, you just spent $365 and you got an Aaron Nola numbered 8 out of 10. How excited are you? Wait, you spent three hundred sixty-five dollars, and you just pulled a no more Garcia pair. Yeah, I mean, even some of the, the the guys. I mean, even a Robbie Alomar is is he going to net out of ten? I mean, in years past, McGuire out of ten is only costing you you know a buck and a quarter. You know, I I don't know what he would in this particular year, but so but what you're telling guys, me is, is buy it by the case. Right? I'm telling you, don't buy it at all. I'm telling you, if you if you need it that bad, go on eBay. And, and buy it at 25 to 35% of retail for whichever player you, you want. Because unless you're getting a one-on-one, there is nothing on that checklist that's going to get you $365 on the secondary market. But the Buster Posey out of five. I'm saying. Yeah, I would what, do what's, that. That really, what's that really going to net you, 150 bucks? Come on. You're at 45% to cost. There's no way your internal rate of return will come near your overall cost. I mean, it's anybody who's opening this, unless you're doing it in high volume and you get super lucky, you're gonna you're gonna eat it on this one. You're gonna take a bath. Well, and and so, n- not to discourage uh, people who want to waste their money on a high end product like this, on a hope that you get the top one or two cards, but. On this card in particular, and no offense to the the legendary Hank Aaron, but that has to be a mock-up. Yeah, this it's on his autograph now. Good in a couple of years. So, yeah, and you're telling me, for anybody that, that, that has the gambling itch, anybody that has the investment itch and really wants to invest in a card, you're telling me you couldn't re-divert that $365 into one really good Bowman Chrome Auto? Oh, no, yeah. You know, I mean, this is just... It, it, some of the cards look okay, but they're not great. Yeah. And they're definitely... Not, like I said, I, I own one or two, and they're they're okay, but they're not nearly anywhere near my favorite cards, especially yeah. where they should be because of the cost associated. Yeah, we're going to move on. We're spending too much time on a set that not a lot of people here are going are gonna to run down based on that. Hey, it's Ben, can you do me a favor? Just turn down the, your volume just a little bit because we're getting... A lot of choppiness. Back a little bit. I appreciate it. Um, 2019 Panini Prism Draft Picks Collegiate Baseball dropped today. $100 a box. Five cards per pack. Eight cards per 
five packs per box, eight cards per pack. Five autographs, 15 prism parallels. You're going to need it. Uh, 100, like I said, it's a 100-card base set following uh, the majority of the players in the setter for the June draft. And it's similar to the football and baseball releases they have of this. So each of the guys have a home and away jersey type thing. And uh, each parallel or each card has is it 16 parallels. So each guy has like, what, 32 parallels. If you want both cards and all the parallels, if you're going to build a rainbow one guy, and that's just base cards, not even autographs. Um, you know, have some dual autographs with teammates. Um, I don't know. It didn't have a checklist until mid-afternoon today, and uh, we're going to talk about it later, but Ken Kinsley was a little little like, hey, what the hell's going on? And um, but we'll, we'll talk about that later in the show, so. I don't know. I mean, it's, I it's, it's say, Prism Collegiate. Amazing. Yeah. But that's about all I can say for the set. Yeah. I mean, it's Collegiate. It's Collegiate Baseball at that. Not so who's, on the, who, who's on the checklist? The draft picks from 19. Um, you know, it was Rushman and, the, and all those guys. Bobby Wood, yeah. Vaughn. But the thing is with that, it, it's Collegiate Baseball. Not like no one... No one follows collegiate baseball like they do football or basketball. You know, there's not the – you don't get the same thing about the recruiting and following these guys and, and that kind of stuff. So No, and, and going back to our conversation with Jimmy last week is you don't have – yeah, you don't have that connection in baseball first and foremost. And then, you know, team player uh, – team collectors, player collectors, they're just – they're not as desirable. To, to me, any kind of college – only baseball product is just a throwaway product. You know, I, I don't know if I'm in the minority with that thought process or not, but I, I don't think I am. Yeah, it's uh, much rather be like a minor league product. I think it would, be, it would do, do better. But uh, 18, or sorry, 2019 20 Upper Deck Series One drops tomorrow. Eighty dollars a box, twenty four cards, twenty four packs per box, eight cards per pack. Uh, the way it's going to break down, you're going to get one next generation card, or generation next card for Pure Energies. One shooting stars, four UD canvas, four UD portraits, and six young gun rookie cards. It's a 250 card base set. The first 200 are vets. The last 50 are young guns. Uh, this fall four per hobby box. Four, I'm sorry, one for every four hobby packs, and the same for e pack and retail and blasters and the tens and fat packs. But if you're at the dollar store, they're one in every fifty dollar store packs. Um, series one marks the 30th consecutive year for the set. Um, again, it brings back the awesome photography that really has made this set in the past. November release date means some of the start of the season rookies will debut and make their way into packs, such as first overall pick in the 2019 NHL draft, Jack Hughes. So they pushed it back a little bit to be able to get these guys in, right? Because they, they have to appear in a game in the NHL before they can have a rookie card, correct? That's the, the rule. Right. So they move it back a little bit to get some of these brand new guys in here so they're not waiting to Series 2 uh, to have them in there. I think it's pretty cool. Nick, go at it, bud. What do you think? Well, I'm biased, but I love it. You know, this is my favorite time of year. This is my Christmas when, when, these, when this comes out because every year it's we pick it up and the kid and I, we build a set and, you know, it's just time together. And we get to do that again tomorrow just with a little bit more fanfare. We're having uh, – Card release party at Absolute Sports Cards in Savage, Minnesota. That's my uh, my LCS. 
I was just there tonight going over everything. We're going to, you know, send out a bunch, did a bunch of pub on it. Hopefully we got a bunch of uh, kids coming in and get introduced to this hobby. And if, maybe if it's not hockey, they get introduced to something else while they're at the store and get a bunch of new collectors out of the deal. No, yeah. I mean, I'm just looking right here, just the Austin Matthews card. Just that 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 photo mm -hmm. and the excitement and just the way it looks. The the name the nameplate and the team logo takes nothing away from the photography. Right. It just looks clean. I love it. I'm excited. Like I I'm gonna probably pick a, a either a, a build a set, pick up through packs or, or or singles or something like that, just because it, it's been fun and, and chasing after those young guns. Um, it's super cool because let's talk about that. I didn't mention autographs. I didn't mention mem cards like I do with all the other sets. Now they're in there. They're not guaranteed, but people don't care about that when you're opening, when you're opening uh, series one or series two, you care about this, these young guns. You're going to get six a box and you know, you might pull a guy that, Hey, yeah, I don't, that guy might not be any good, but three, four years from now you go back through and you're like, Oh, holy moly. I, I got, you know, Bobby, you know, whatever. <laughs> awesome. I can't pronounce his last name. Hobby, you know, it's like Hobby Bullen. Yeah, like awesome. You know, but I love that. I love the fact that the bait, like a that a uh, subset rookie card or whatever you want to call it, the rook, the true rookie card. That's what people are going after. Right. That's why they're they're opening this box is thirty years of nostalgia, right? Plus on top of that, this young guns thing. And I just think it's amazing that this kind of a set this iconic run of a set that that is what everybody's chasing after to me that i love it. it's pure pure collecting i almost wish the other sports would sort of follow suit so you don't get saturated with high school baseball cards you know like you just talked about that college set and nobody had a comment on it because you didn't care yeah a product like this comes out and it's a true rookie card you don't have to have a debate if, if it's this Olympic card or the 87 one or, the, you know, <laughs> these are the rookies, guys, and that's it. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I, I understand, like, with baseball, if they were to do, say, like a Bowman, if Bowman draft and they got the year they got drafted, they were in Bowman draft, and that was their one. So they have, like, a draft card, mm -hmm. and then they don't get another card until they debut instead of putting them in every Bowman release for, like, six years until they debut or bust out. Right. You know? And then everybody's like, "Well, I have Vlad Guerrero Bo minor league, you know, Bowman card, but it's like, well, that's his fourth Bowman, right. you know." I don't, I don't know. I don't make the rules in that. I just wish that, uh, you know, then it kind of gives you a chance to get some some other players in there. But I'm excited, uh, Steph. How are you? What are you doing with hockey this year? I know you're. I know you're gonna. You collect the Dallas Stars. Uh, no, and uh, oh. check fuck Norm. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Norm Green still sucks. Indeed, thank you. Uh, no, it, it might be my only distraction from the fact that the Wild are miserable this year. Um, trying to collect this set, um, I, I, I look to hockey to kind of ease the pain and suffering of the baseball season and the football season that's usually disappointing me, disappointing me by now, and it, it has to a degree. Uh, but, you know, this year I might turn to actually collecting more than uh, in years past. Um, it's a huge, pretty good draft class. Uh, I, I know a few people that swear by just buying the set offhand, secondhand by someone else, but it's just not as fun. 
It's not not going to Target or the dollar store or the hobby shop or, you know, buying a a, a factory box from someone else and breaking it yourself. It's not the same. So so out of all these 50 uh, young guns, besides Mr. Hughes, who's card 201, um, who are a couple other guys we need to take a look at? Sure, let me look. Let's see. uh, I'm going to throw out a name here. Cody Glass. Mm-hmm. You good? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. I just randomly picked a name I could pronounce. <laughs> uh, Matt Waugh, is he happen to be Patrick Waugh's son? You're not being clear of relation. We can okay. check. No, yeah, we, we can run it by. I don't think so. Joachim Nygaard? Um, Joachim Nygaard? I don't know. Um, Ryan, Ryan, Scored a hat trick in his first game in Montreal, end of last year. Uh huh. I mean, it's it's fun to to look through here and uh, and then go back a couple years and look and go, oh yeah, you know. So that that's what's really cool is uh, to be able to do that. And these are actually true rookie cards. These guys are actually, you know, just yes, starting right. their careers. Right. So, yeah, I love it. So Steph's going to do a report on that for us. Uh, and get back to you know, let us know. He's going to track all of their careers and, and let us know how they do. Um, as we fi- I'll make one. Yeah, starting uh, to finish off the eighteen nineteen basketball collecting season, Panini Flawless drops Friday. It's only two thousand dollars a box. Uh, one pack per box, ten cards per pack, eight autographs, one mem, a gym card. Um, gym as far as like you know diamonds, not like you know the gymnasium. Uh, it's the highest of the high-end basketball releases of the year. Tim, uh, low low print runs, uh, on-card autographs, premium swatches, diamonds, in a briefcase. So it's super cool. Every autograph in 2018-19 is on card. Um, it also has several autograph memorabilia inserts like patch autographs, laundry tag autos, championship autograph tags from the actual NBA Finals, signature prime memorabilia, and star swatch signatures. Um that class, I mean, we talked about 1718 forever. 1819 stuff has just been insane in the secondary market. 1920 is already just when collegiate prism basketball is like nuts like it is. Um, and a box of hoops is like $130. You know, it's 50 more bucks than it normally is. I don't, basketball has exploded in collecting in the last three years. Um, it's it is, I don't know, man. It's nuts to me. Uh, How does this is, measure up to uh, 1991 Flair baseball? Well, it's no 91 Flair baseball. We know that 91 Flair baseball is the greatest single set ever released. That is absolutely correct. Yes, I just wanted to double check because thank you. It, I forgot. It, I just I just thought I had to Flair, go without saying. I didn't think I had to say it out loud. Yeah, if 91 Flair dropped today, it would at least be two thousand and one dollar per case, right? No, per card. Per card. Oh, per card. Okay. Just wanted to double check. Yeah. And tonight's show is your goal. Tonight's show is unofficially brought to you by not 1990 or 1992 Fleer, but 1991 Fleer. See, I thought our show today was brought to you by the cat that was on the field the other day. <laughs> Only if he appeared in the greatest living set of all time. 91 Fleer. I can mock it up. Um, 
I'm going to give you a flawless is amazing, but just, I, I, I put this on Twitter last this week. So you had flawless baseball or basketball drop, which is $2,000 a box. You also have, um, next week you have, we're going to next, we'll just get in what's brewing next week's releases from Panini. You also have Panini certified basketball next week, 2019, 20 certified basketball, 2019, 20 Panini flawless collegiate basketball drops next week. 2019 Panini Immaculate Football drops next week, and then 2019 Panini Flawless Baseball drops next week. So you're telling me that you're dropping three flawless products in two weeks. Mm-hmm. You're dropping an immaculate product, yeah. and you're also going to drop a certified product, which is of basketball. Yes. It's insane. Like, you couldn't kind of, like, oh, just, hey, man, Flawless is our number one brand. We're just going to drop it all at once on you. Yeah. Wow. I, that's it. Just I understand calendars and things get moved around, um, but it just looks bad. Uh, also, we have 2019 tops high tech baseball coming out. Try to figure that set out for you. Good luck. Uh, we also have 2019 top 20 tops NHL sticker collection, which is pretty cool. Tops has the sticker license, so they can actually uh, put the use the logos and the players and, and do the one of their sticker albums. I'm excited to see what that looks like. That those are always fun. So. Um, yeah, and uh, so we're gonna hop into infield chatter, our hobby talk section. We got a lot tonight, so um, be ready. So, we had some breaking news before the show started tonight. Uh, crazy news, breaking news, topped names. It's 2019 all rookie team. At first base, we have Pete Alonso of the New York Mets, second base, Keston Hira of the Milwaukee Brewers. At third, Vlad Guerrero, Toronto Blue Jays. At short, Fernando Tatis, San Diego Padres. At catcher, Will Smith of the Los Angeles Dodgers. DH is Jordan Alvarez of the Astros. Outfielder, outfield consists of Eloy Jimenez of the White Sox, Brian Reynolds of the Pirates, and Victor Robles of the Nationals. Our pitching staff is Nick Anderson of the Rays, John Means for being out there. What's up, buddy? John made the list. Mr. Means and Mike Soraka of the Braves. Ooh, Those are some b- pretty it, heavy hitters. Who, if I'm uh, Soraka, Sor- if I'm not mistaken, his uh, dad was an ex hockey guy, and uh, he'd almost tried out to go pro in hockey instead of baseball. So he's the this generation's Tom Glavin, kind of. So, so Tom Glavin was a fourth round pick by the was the the, the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah. Are are all of these guys going to have overpriced short print tops now cards tomorrow? Yes. Tops on demand. Tops on demand, baby. We need that on demand money. Um, you know, we, Steph and I were talking pre-show that there are three cards, I think, for a baseball collector that you look for that don't have autographs. Yep. One, I would say, is the first Bowman Chrome. The second's going to be a rookie card. Tops base rookie card, a flagship. And the second, or the third and final one, is if they're an all-star rookie cup guy i'll, I'll now, add one more okay what's that but the rookie cup always was kind of like when you pulled one of those you knew hey as a kid like oh this is a good card he's got that all-star rookie cup it means he was a heck of a player right and what's the fourth card steph so you got the rookie you got the bowman chrome slash bowman draft auto you have the rookie cup and you have the final card more so for the vintage guys like uh killer 75 tops or, you know, George Brett's 93 times? 94. 94 times? What about the Olympic cards? 
Well, nobody cares about the Olympics, yet, apparently. Now, no, those are the rookie cards. Thank you. Nobody cares about the Olympic cards. <laughs> Thank I didn't you. say they were right. I just said nobody does. No, that's fine. Thank you. Okay, moving on. Uh, no, that's a pretty pretty good team here. I mean, one, there's no, um, you know, no, no Royals, so, no A's, and no Twins. So it makes us all a little sad. I mean, why uh, why did they only have three pitchers? That seems awful random. Uh, starter, reliever, closer, and theory? I guess maybe. I mean, uh, you would think uh, that an American. They used to just do. They used to just do two pitchers. They usually did a righty and a lefty. Right. Yeah. Why not righty lefty American national? Why not do two starters, two relievers, one from each league? I mean, you can't tell me that there wasn't at least one or two more. Everybody should they every rookie should have an all star rookie cup card. I agree. If you were a rookie this year, if you hit a home run this year, such a snowflake. It just three seems extremely random. Mm. Yeah, it used to be. I want to say two, but yeah, why not two? Why not four? You could have had you know two from each league. You know, you, you had well, two in the American League, one in the National League. On the show, that seems random. What do you think? We'll just we'll just go down to two. Maybe we'll we'll go back to three. Maybe two. Three. This is the most amount of power anybody has ever had that went straight to their head for no absolute purpose reason. Oh. Especially if you're going to eliminate somebody, why not eliminate the one that can never get the the intro of the show correct? No, because that guy's the best one. He's the most handsome on the show. Um, money. How would Tom's, we know? We never see. How would we know? We never see Steph's face. That's there's a reason nobody wants to see it. <laughs> he doesn't even have a mirror in his house. No, they let's are. Be bro. honest. Uh, on Monday, Tops dropped the 2020. God, that's gonna be weird to say. 2020 Bowman design. Um, I think that it might be one of the. They actually tried this year. I think they did. I think. I think they actually. They actually. Steph's gonna show us here. I think they actually decided, like, oh, we should probably do better than we have the last few years, and I, and I think they did a good job. Now, of course, there's a slight border here. You can't really see with the yeah, – It's uh, hard. It's all rounded. They're not rounded. There we go. It looks much more like a tops card than what we've seen over with Bowman the last couple of years. It looks like one of their old digital cards, just with the nameplate. That, to me, is what it looks like. Yeah. It does. I mean – if you slapped a tops up in the corner instead of Bowman and said that's 2020 tops, all right, it, it may not be that what you want. We are getting. What's that? I said I'd almost prefer this design over what we are getting for 2020 tops. Now, yeah. Now, what do you, how do you, Nick? How do you feel about the cropping on this card? Because we talked about your comments when they released the pictures of of the 2020 tops flagship set and how elbows and certain things where right. hands were cut off on certain guys on other guys. They came through on the border. Right. I'm cool with this one. You know, he, like for me, I always want to see the hands. I don't know why it's just a thing, but he, both his hands are there. I like the little pop out out of the design, not like the helmet out of the border. Like that adds to it. Like to me, that's solid. You know, you see his eyes. There's no, the, the whole C cup phenomenon, you know, that thing yeah. bugs the hell out of me. It's like a white face mask. For hockey, you know, the the, the what bugs you? Oh well, yeah, because you can't see the face. It, it, it kind of ruins the photo for me. What, what about the the lack of focus on the guys in the dugout? That's fine too. It, again, it brings you more attention to the subject, and that's what that's what they're trying. It's, to do. It looks like an outline, you know. And so my thing is is I and I don't know this because I don't design that stuff. Is it harder to make them stand out? Like basically bring them forward for people that you've ever edited a picture in like a word document outside of the border? Like that, 
No, they're just going to take a, they're going to take a little tool and trace around his head and they're going to copy it. They're going to paste it and they're going to put it on top of, that's going to be right. There's a, it's like a sandwich. It's the actual photo, the border, and then the part you just copied. Okay. Right. You know, cause it, yeah, it looks place to look here the other one. Yeah. I like, I like how it, how the guy comes out a little bit because when we looked at the ones for, for tops, like Akuna did that, but a couple of the other guys didn't. And it was like right. the border was eating their shoulders or eating their backs right. or, or something. And it just was like, they, the consistency to me was not there. Right. And, you know, going through these first couple photos, it's there. And I think it looks good. Yeah. I like these. Like, Oh, the Bobby Witt with the glove and it looks like the Bowman logo is going into his glove. That's pretty cool. What was this? What's the set run on this? Do you have that? No, they're just released the. Okay. Um, uh, there's usually a hundred card or hundred and fifty card vet set, and then the same for the prospects. Gotcha. So, um, you know, so it'd be uh, you know, it's just one of those things like Bowman's always one of the most sought after sets, and it's nice to take a look at it early and, and uh, get an idea of what what it's going to be, what uh, what's up and coming. So, uh, yeah. So uh, real quick, Jared Weaver. Don't remember him. He's a good dude, man. This is the the former a uh, Angels stud. Um, there was a tweet from Sigs from Sol Sigs for Soldiers, our buddy Tim over there. Uh, he had a Jared Weaver 2014 tops tribute to the Stars, numbered six out of 24. He was asking ten dollars for the card, 100% going directly to at mmia27526. It was a charity, um, and Weaver. Tweeted back, I'll give you a thousand for it if you promise it goes to the soldiers. And then, then, then Jeff Weaver and Phil Hughes started going back and forth. Phil, who's a who's a who started collecting, you know, is collecting and doing some breaks and stuff. I think now tweeted out, Hey, I'll, I have uh, Jared. I have a couple of your cards. Ross will be for a thousand dollars. And he goes, um, uh, You're not a great cause, Phil. Sorry. And Phil said it was debatable, and they were kind of going back and forth. And uh, yeah, Jared doesn't know the correct part, you know, way to say you're, you're type it out, but a uh, big deal. I just thought it was cool that he reached out and was going to pay a thousand dollars for a car that someone was trying to get 10 bucks for and, right. you know, to, to go to the Chaws. And, you know, if you've not checked out signatures for soldiers, it's awesome. Um, you know, they have like shirts and gear you can buy and, and the profits go, uh, as well as dog tags. Yeah. Dog tags. They have a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, they they were selling autographs at the national and all the all the proceeds were going to the to the cause and uh, I met Tim he's a really great guy I mean besides having a great name let's start there um, you know uh, was it was really nice so should, should actually shoot him a message see if he wants to come on one week yeah or a weekend do a show so uh, we thought that, that, was that also goes out to to Phil Hughes who we've reached out to on Twitter. Uh, the Phil Hughes is welcome on the show as well. I mean, Jared Weaver too, despite the fact that he used to eat the A's alive, man. I, I who's another guy I could not stand watching in a good way. Yeah. Because... His brother Jeff was pretty good. And every thought Jeff was really good. Then Jared showed up and it was like, Oh, it was like Ramon. We all thought Ramon Martinez was good. And then we saw Pedro. Yeah. Pitch, and we're like, Oh yeah. Jeff, Jared Weaver had, had what three, four years where he was just absolutely dominant and elite. He was, and he was the dude. He he was disgusting. I mean, you, I whenever he pitched, he was like Felix Hernandez, a couple other guys. Um, oh, oh, who who's the matchup tonight? Oh, it's Weaver. Okay, well, turn on my watch. Good chance. 
Yeah, but he was that good to where you still wanted to watch because you know it's going to be so fun. But you're like, man, this is going to be you know four to one. If like those years Lincecum had when he won the Cy Youngs, yeah, when he would just roll out and you're just like, how is that guy doing that? Well, the the A's weren't that good and they weren't that fun to watch anyway around the time that Weaver's peak was at. So uh, it's kind of twofold. Yeah. But yeah, Weaver was was disgustingly good for, you know. And then one day his his, his ability just went for for a contest. I think he got injured. Yeah. 2011 2011 to 2014, he went uh, 67 and 30, 299 ERA, uh, almost 800 innings pitched, and uh, 626 Ks. Yeah. So, yeah. So, now his peak was in line when when the A's are going to the playoffs. 2010 ish. Yeah, they were there in 2012. You know, that was the big year. How about 2014? 2014 when he came no, the A's in think, 2014. What, I don't know what happened there. I, I, did they play baseball that year? That was the strike-shortened year, right? Yeah. Um, Tops Mon- Montgomery factory set drop. So Yanks Chick sent out our our, our friend Sue's got my Tops to the or Tops yeah, 582 Montgomery Club complete set along Good. with another with another exclusive set. So uh, imagine a, a factory set. Uh, 2019 tops, uh, but it was with the the 582 Montgomery Club uh, stamp on it. Uh, Mike Summer, our oh. buddy Mike at the Mike Summer. It was part of a direct to consumer membership club called the Tops 582 Montgomery Club. I really like it. I wrote several reviews of the various sets over the course of the year. Lots of stars, rookies, and a uh, couple of autos were in other sets. I looked on eBay. These sets were going for about two hundred bucks. Uh, that was a, a day or so ago. I'm not quite sure where uh, where they are today, but uh, I don't think she was going to open it. But I know that um, you know some people were pretty excited. It doesn't have the update guys in there, so whoever's in series one and two will be in there. What do you guys think, Ben? Is this something you're going to try to run down and, and grab the A's? You know what? Shut up. I'm on eBay right now. <laughs> this box. Man, I hate this crap. You don't need it. We don't need any of this stuff. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. There's absolutely no, this whole this whole hobby, this whole everything is just a phantom market. There's no yeah. associated value at all. We just decided this, it isn't. This might that. be the one this might be the one thing that the guys in the Montgomery Club actually might get their money's worth out of because it's pretty expensive to do, and they were just thought, you know, dropping a couple grand for random cards that are going to be sent to them. Uh, and I'm looking, there's a lot of completed sales. The lowest one I've seen the last couple of days was 180 bucks. Mm. So, oh, look at this little note. Here we go. Check that out. I pitched foul five says he pitched in high school against Jeff Weaver. That's pretty cool. Nice. And the most I've seen, uh, 225, and then a couple best offers uh, were accepted that were originally at 250. So. Um, and then let's see, the minis are back. Maybe tops living stat tweeted out for those interested in the mini version of the flagship set is now available for $24, $25 per pack of 35 cards, which includes 30 base and five parallels for a potential of autos or dual booklets autos. But, uh, and it said, Hey, it was going to be available for like a month. Um, yeah, they- oops, it was gone in, in minutes. They gone. 
So this is uh, it's all thousand cards. So we'll we'll talk about this in, in a, a future week. But it's the mini version of the flagship set, right. and uh, it's all thousand cards. And you, so it's going to be a, a a fun one to build if you're trying to do all thousand and you're getting thirty cards a set. So obviously, Tops had a limited number of sets or, or packs that they made. So. Then there's another one to run down, bud. No, I just I found it. I found the the it was only a ten dollar set. So I, the I got mini, the minis or the Montgomery. The Montgomery. I'm looking okay, for well, the mini. The minis. Now you're gonna run. Need to run down. So I don't see an Ace Team set. Yeah. But there. there. No. So I, that's gonna be fun. I I don't know. I feel like all this on demand stuff is um. Uh, yeah. It's the hardest part is you know you don't necessarily so like the retail exclusives we talked about Top Spire in the past and then now you have you know Ginter X and and Mini and Sapphire and it's just the fact that a lot of collectors aren't even aware that they exist because they don't show up on any release calendar and the next thing you know they're there and if you're not checking your email and the the emails from Tops it's just it's ridiculous. Well, I got the email from Tops at nine ten about the mini set, and it was already gone by then. Hmm. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so Mark might have outdone him even himself now. Uh, our buddy at Mark Hoyle four. Uh, so this is a nineteen seventy six Denny Doyle ten card progressive proof set that he picked up. So, so you have to explain. Would be any idea? Yeah, you'll have to explain this to me a little bit. So the 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 idea uh, I was going to see if Nick knew any uh, to to make it sound official and all, but no the the idea from what I gather is that. Uh, as they're printing the set, they pull out certain car, uh, certain sheets to look at to make sure that all of the texts text are lining up properly, all of the uh, alignments are made right, so that you know the, the black sheet isn't printed, you know, two, ten, ten, twelve pixels up instead of down where it's supposed to be. Uh, all of the alignments are right, all of the colors are coming out as they're supposed to. Maybe they want to do a test set to see, you know, what happens if we do it this way first. Um, as far as uh, design elements um, and, and trying to innovate uh, as far as what they can do with the printer. So they print, you know, here's just the yellow, here's just the blue, here's just the magenta, here's a hyper blown out yellow uh here's this com color combination here's this color combination here's just the black which you should probably have up next to the other three separated ones uh here's most of the process and here's what looks to be a final produced 76 top set that's pretty crazy kind of cool to look at yeah and of course he would be the one that has it has it oh naturally well, and he said, I think that uh in in the replies that he picked it up for a hundred bucks for uh uh, the 10, I think it's 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, um, 10, 10, 10, indeed. Uh, Mark Wells got to just guy had several, uh, hundreds of them and, and just of what was cut 
he had more. Yeah, Mark's got an incredible collection, and and you know the fact that he he so willingly shares all of his his cool finds with us is is amazing. Well, and that's just it. You know, he he sends out his tweet like three four o'clock in the morning. So when I get up, I have a tweet of something amazing to look at. There's mm-hmm. actually he came in handy because, uh, and I know I mentioned this pre-show. Um, there was an, a card that came through at work that. It kind of looked like a Fleer set from the 70s um, where they had the cloth uh, logo emblems, but it didn't match up right. And uh, mostly because it had a figure of a player making a play or something to that effect. Well, what it was was a test issue from 1973, an action emblem set um, that doesn't get out very much. So I shot... uh, him a description of it and he's like oh yeah th- this is exactly what it is oh by the way here's one that i have here's one that i bid on in the past and here's a uh printing sheet up on ebay well okay so we need to create this for our database but yes thank you for the information <laughs> um and actually the print sheet sold for 333 dollars give you an idea the one that i was looking at was texas and new york yeah every once in a while mark will shoot me a a dm of something that i i generally don't have generally something from the 60s and it's generally something that's kansas city a's Mm -hmm. and uh you know he's such a good friend of the show and and i know he sent all of us something uh multiple times um you know, he, he's just a good friend and it's fun. Like you said, Steph, where you'll open up Twitter and I'll have 40 notifications. And it's like, all right, Mark must've bought something and tag Mark, me. Mark, Mark uh, posted something and Cliff has replied. And, uh, well, yeah, that, that's then all, you're like, Oh, that's all you Cliff, need to know. If Cliff's involved, your day is done on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was cool. He'll Mark Coyle will be interested to know that Andrew Benintendi is now a Yankee. Breaking news there. Andrew Benatini is a Yankee. Uh, at Tony's Hobby Vault, our buddy uh, tweeted out a picture of a 2019 Topps Triple Threat Andrew Benatini jersey relic numbered out of 27. He said, am I missing something here? The jersey in question is white with navy pinstripes. Let's see. What kind of jersey does that look like? I don't think the Red Sox play in white with navy pinstripe jerseys. Don't think they do. I think their buddies uh, in New York do. So unless, um, yeah, maybe they know something we don't know. Now the theory mentioned in the comments is maybe it's a minor league image, and I I, I haven't uh, taken the time, and I don't think I saw anybody who had uh, matched up all of the jerseys that he wore through the minor the Red Sox minor league system. Uh, I probably uh, just probably not gonna have pinstripes. Probably gonna assume that they probably don't, but y- y- you know, it's one of those yeah. things. The, the Pawtucket yeah, stock Yankees, right? But see, Triple Threads is a high enough end product to where, <laughs> come on, even if he did have pinstripes somewhere along his his minor league career, the quality control on that. What Red Sox fan wants that, even if it was from a Double A team? You know, theoretically. Mm-hmm. The, their quality control process is fuck it, print it. <laughs> no, we know we've we, we've built seventy three shows on this, but 
it, it, it's oh. just come on, man. But but I, thanks for Tony to to shoot that our way. It, it's almost like if you're somebody like Mark who collects Red Sox, you almost want to add that piece to your collection just because, and then go out and get one that presumably has a Red Sox patch on it. Right. Hey, real quick on Twitter, uh, our buddy Brent Becca. Brent Becca, Brent Becca, Brent Becca. Uh, I open, I've opened just over 900 silver packs from update. Mm. Jesus. I've yet to hit a super. Uh, a, I've yet to hit a super, and I'm averaging less than, less than an auto every one of every 50 packs, including a 112 pack run with no auto. I've sold 110 sealed packs, including 50 to my friend who just opened his packs from me. And in his packs, he pulls a Vlad Guerrero auto, a Corbin Martin auto, a Cole Tucker auto, a superfractor base of Lane Thomas, and a superfractor auto of Ichiro Suzuki. Mm. <laughs> Brent, you sold the wrong 50 packs, bud. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. it looks like you could have both a Red Sox and a not Red Sox. Because yeah. there's that obviously would be you know you, you you would have to have both just because even as a Red Sox fan and hating the Yankees it would just be a cool piece to have no mm-hmm. yeah especially if it's the only one that has a patch like that yeah. oh gar- heart garbage hot hot garbage. Yeah, I agree. The photo should match the jersey, but we talked about that last week. Was that triple fled threads as well, where the Ricky Henderson was in the Yankees, but he had a Mets patch? Can yeah, that was actually that? Our, like, uh, like that, that was Brent, Brent Williams that pulled that, and yeah, it was you yeah, know. Uh, we talked about that shit. Yeah, one on one Henderson Yankee with a big beautiful Mets patch, and yeah. it's just like uh, all of a sudden, you know, yeah, you see, start to go down the tears. If it was a Panini product and you just said New York, then you'd been fine. Yeah, because it, it's absolutely the perfect marriage of the two. Yeah. So speaking of Panini, they, they got caught a little attitude with our buddy uh, Ken Kensley today at uh, Beans B-Card blog. So he tweeted out, why can't at Panini release checklist? Prism Draft Picks releases today, today and no checklist or reply to my tweets. If they wonder why so many people badmouth them, this is a great example of why. I could be in their office in 20 minutes. Perhaps I should pay a visit. And then DJ Kazmarak responded back, and he's – I forget what his – tied a VP of sales over Panini into product development. Said the checklist is on the site. Thanks for the tweet. Uh, so Bean went and said, hey, just look five minutes ago and again now. I don't see anything under releases. Correct. I'm looking for, he was looking, because then Steph said, hey, I found it. Uh, but then he goes, I'm looking for baseball and stuff. Is like, oh, yeah. And it, it wasn't there. Um, I know Ryan Cracknell tweeted out mid-afternoon, uh, at least California time here, so later in Texas, uh, that it was, that he had his. So, Steph, is it there on their website yet? Nope. Nope. I guess you guys can see it that way, huh? Yeah. One second. Um, no, I like that. Um, and then also, too, nor is there, Kirk, real quick, nor is there a checklist for 1819 Flawless Basketball, which also dropped today. Basketball. Which is, you know, we talked $2,000 a box. Go ahead and just open it. There's there's cards in there. Which uh, 19 you said? Yeah, 19 uh, Panini Prism Draft Picks Baseball Collegiate. Genre. No, for uh, basketball. 
1819 Panini Flawless Basketball. Flawless Collegiate, though? No. Yeah, but if you click 1819 Flawless, I know I did this earlier on through the whole steps. You click it, you can download the Excel file, and it was empty. It was just a blank Excel sheet. I just, we've talked about this. I just, I don't understand how, one, one, the, the attitude. Yeah, it's up there. Check our site. Well, no, it's not because even if, even if the dude thought it was basketball, in his tweet, it says it releases today. There's no prison basketball that came out today. There was a baseball product. And if you're the guy selling the product. Um, so tell me, t- t- tell me what's wrong with this. Basketball nineteen panini flawless base. No, you need it. it's it's eighteen nineteen. But no, no, no. Well, that's football. Is it? Yeah. Those are football players, and that says basketball, and those are those are football players. I don't know what that. That's fun. That's close enough. It says college team names. I I you know. W- <sighs> People say like why why I mean I, as a collector the only thing you can do is stop buying that product but if that's not going to happen because if I don't buy a product then Nick's gonna hop in and buy that product and if Nick doesn't buy it Ben's gonna do it and if Ben doesn't do it Steph's gonna do it there's always gonna be somebody waiting to replace you to pick up those cards and take your spot in, in paying them the money for these cards. I just think it's something that we keep voicing it over and over again. I mean, I understand sometimes there's delays and changes, but if the product is printed and it's opening that day, I don't understand how they don't know what's in there. No, I think, I think it was our, our friend Doug at Mojo. I believe it was Doug might've been Dan, but uh, you know, had mentioned that it has something to do with, in their opinion, you know, not wanting to say Saquon Barkley is live on that checklist if he ends up being a redemption because it could theoretically adversely affect, you know, point of sale. Um, but at the same time, I contest the fact that, again, you know, we, we all have limited budgets, whether we do it on purpose or, or not, right? I mean, even if you have more resources than others, you might, you know, self-allocate a certain amount of your, your budget for cards it'd be nice to know how I want to spend my money, right? Here I am on the, on the show tonight with you guys, not aware that there's a team set out there from Montgomery 582 that I now need as an ace collector. It would have been nice to know that that was, was being made. That way I could decide whether or not I want to set aside $15 for that. We should have been you part know. of the Montgomery club. I should have been. We should, we should have been as about the cards. We should have bought one. Subscription. But, what, but what I'm saying is, is like, even if he was, you say Barkley, you brought up the Barkley example. I don't care if he's redemption. Release the checklist. It doesn't say if the redemptions are not on the checklist. Well, and, and bottom line is, release the checklist because it's what's in the the product. Doesn't matter who's on it, because yeah. whoever's on it's on it. It's not going to change. All it's going to change is the fact, and like you said, just because. Ben decides, well, you know what? It's not, it's not rich person. Yeah. It's not rich enough with my, my personal collecting needs, whatever it is, player wise, team wise, I'm going to sit this one out. They're still going to sell the product because there's always going to be another buyer. There's always one more chucklehead in line to pick it up. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, releasing that checklist a couple of days early isn't going to affect the overall sales. It's just going to affect individual sales. And, and, and frustrating. let's turn that, that, that around, right? What happens if, you know, you're, you're not looking at, oh, I don't want to buy this new product coming out because it's not in my price range or, you know, it's probably in years past, it hasn't really been beneficial for my PC. And then you see the checklist and you're like, wait a minute, I want it this year because now it's got my guy in it, right? A guy like, like Ken, who's collecting John Means for no particular reason, um, all of a sudden, what, what if John Means is, is heavy rich in this particular product and all of a sudden Ken gets pulled in? You know, we're, we're, we're shining the negative. Well, you know, that checklist isn't what I want. What if it is? What, what if you hadn't planned on it? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, uh. now this is where I think that Nick's going to help be, uh, very helpful with us. So Panini has a lawsuit versus collector's vault. And, uh, these tweets all come, uh, from Paul Lesko. I'm going to kind of read them in order. We're going to talk about this now. Collector's vault, what they were doing was reusing, the rated rookie logo and some other Panini's trademarked uh, logos and ideas or, or print properties or whatever, however you want to classify it. Um, yesterday, Panini filed a motion requesting the ability to serve collector's vault. First of all, collector's vault is spelled with a K, which, you know, Anyway. So, uh, so real quick, Tim, let, let's give a little bit of backstory before you read okay. what, what the development is. So, so basically, yeah, Collector's Vault ha- has been on eBay selling intellectual properties that are protected by Panini. They're selling cards that have specific designs. And, and really, I think the focus of this is on the rated rookie use by Collector's Vault. And they, they, they've sold it on multiple cards. And Panini filed a lawsuit. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it was a cease and desist or, or whatnot, but it's a very in-depth lawsuit basically saying that they need to stop immediately. The issue has been Panini has failed to find out who's behind the eBay account. And because it's linked to nothing more than an appeal box, it's been challenging by Panini in the past. And basically the court said, figure out who this person is or you're going to end up losing the case because you have to have a defendant. And honestly, this is an open and shut case. Panini is going to win this hands down, but they're failing to find out who the person is. So yeah. I'll, I'll let you resume now. Cause that's kind of not, now they've taken a step in the right direction as, as what you're about to read is going to yeah. illustrate. So yesterday, Panini filed a motion requesting the ability to serve collector's vault by alternative service. Panini requests uh, that it is able to serve collector's vault via email, mail, and or publication. The motion goes into actions Panini took in trying to ID collector's vault, including subpoenaing eBay, which responded and gave Panini a P.O. box, and the U.S. Post Office, which refused to give Panini any information. Most interesting nugget is Panini hired a private investigator as well to look into this, and that apparently shows that's how Stephen Teeny was identified. Teeny denies he is associated with Collector's Vault. Court will likely rule quickly on this motion as defendant Stephen Teeny apparently will not oppose. Once the court authorizes alternative service, the case will finally get to begin. A lot of work being done to identify Collector's Vault Next this big mystery, once collector's vault is served, will it show up and defend itself? 
So, for example, here's one of the cards that uh, he he was trying to hawk, or she. So it's got the she, eighty. It's got 80. the eighteen. Is that 2017 tops? 17, 18? Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, and then the rated rookie. So, so tops and and Panini. Eighteen. Well, and he probably stole the photo too. Yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. Well, that and then he on top of that, yeah. Or so, she? They. They. It. Can can we just them. preface this by saying Stephen Teeny is not? It hasn't been proven he's affiliated with Collectors Vault. Uh, allegedly, according to one of Paul Esco's tweets, um, he registered the PO box with Collectors Vault or something along those lines back in 2011. But as of right now, uh, Stephen Tini might be Collectors Vault and might not be. So we just want to make sure that, that that's out there, that we are unsure. It's just basically right now that he's not opposing what Panini is alleging. Therefore he's, he's by default almost admitting it based on, on, on how the, the tweets are reading. Yeah, um, all the money. Pardon? Well, if, if like the post office isn't going to give the, give any information, can't they follow the money? Like when you pay this guy or gal, it, well, you're, you're just bank records. Else, like there's gotta be records associated with that. Yeah, and that's kind of where Panini has failed to to show the court, and the court's kind of getting frustrated with the whole thing. Is is yeah, there are probably plenty of avenues to get a hold. If I give you five bucks, Nick, where where's it going? Right, Pay, PayPal has a transaction between you and I. Even if it's under, you know, NW Incorporated, right? It's still going somewhere, and there's got to be a paper trail to where we can finally find out that you're the one that has access to the account that it ends up in. Right. You would think that you could subpoena some type of transactional record, you know, to find out that you're behind NW Incorporated. Right. Well, so, and interestingly, uh, I did a search on the owner who's alleged to have been. You're doing something. I'm, he's also on the, on the most wanted page of uh, sports card radios. Well, of course, <laughs> but so, so, so uh, owned, operated under the name uh, Card Store here. Uh, primary operates in industry. Duh. Organization has been operating for approximately thirty years. Estimated to generate three hundred thirty-four thousand dollars in annual revenues. Employs approximately six people in a single location. So, real quick, Nick. Now, now we know. You know we mentioned on a show before when we kind of got into this whole thing that. Why tops and upper deck don't piggyback on this? And even Paul Lesko had tweeted about that. This is a perfect opportunity for them to come in and basically as an industry all get together and say, stop. We all have IP here that's involved and, and you need to cut it out. And really tops and upper deck can sit in the back of the lawsuit and not really have to, to pay any money because they're just kind of piggybacking on Panini's lawsuit. Right. But you as a photographer, what if that was your picture of Zion? Well, I'd be super pissed. I mean, you you would have legal rights, right? Or, or is that something that now would fall under the jurisdiction of Panini in this case on your behalf, that now they own that property? Oh, well, it, it depends. Well, and that's a thing, too. It's Let's say I do work for Upper Deck and then somebody steals those photos for something else. The quality ain't going to be that high. Sure. You know, because it's going to be a scan or something, or 
just a matter of where they're getting it. But, you know, who knows? They could have licensed the photo through. But theoretically, they didn't, right? I just, I, I did a Google search on Google images and I stole your photo and I right. slapped it on an upper, you know, it, I'm creating my own custom card, which I think legally I can do as long as I don't sell it. Correct. It's the second that I sell it. Now I'm selling, you know, protected and, and licensed right. IP. Or even just passing that off as your own work as well, you know. So theoretically, if I were to do that, you could thus sue me, right? Or would that be upper deck because you're, con you know, you're contracted with them? Probably. Uh, I don't know. But it, like it happens all the time. Like I'll see my work pop up and I'll just be like, hey, who gave you permission to use the photo? Right. Oh, I just thought I could take it. I could just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's free, you know. Right. And that. Right. But you know, I'm like, I always give people the option: you can pay me, you can delete it, or if I see it again, I'm just going to report you for copyright. Right. And stuff usually comes down pretty quick after that. Well, I, I'm gonna. I have this photo of this hockey player, and this is what I'm gonna use and sell online. <laughs> well, into your millions. Point, to your point, Nick, I think a lot of people, if you were to reach out to me and I'm doing it because, you know, I want to create my own custom cards and you're like, hey, that that's my photo. I, I'm going to stop, you know, because maybe I am maybe I really am naive and don't really understand how that works. Right. Or maybe I'm not naive and I just don't want the threat of a lawsuit. The, the issue with this guy is Panini reached out to Collector's Vault and said, hey, stop. And he just didn't, assuming that it is a he, that it is this guy or, or another person, he didn't stop. He's not responding. He has no intent. He's still listing things, still making new cards, still profiting. It, it, in this particular case, it's, it's the lack of remorse and it's the continued use of properties that are protected. Well, that's if, causing you're, if you're going to do this in the first place, I don't think you're – Gonna be working with anybody on a moral high ground, so they probably don't give a crap anyway. You know, so. I, I'm, I'm sure, and you know, the the issue being, even if Panini wins, and, and this is kind of what I, I've, I've spoken at length with Paul about this. What are they gonna? Um, are they gonna go after the profits? How many? How much profits are we talking? Hundreds? Are we talking thousands? Well, who's buying that crap anyway? Dummies. I've bought ACO cards in the past, so I'm one of the big dummies. Okay. Yeah. Stop that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shame on me. You're right. I should stop it because I'm, I'm enabling right. people and encouraging people. But Paul tells you himself, every card that Paul tweets about, all of these cards that are, that collectors, well, he, he, he buys not not to encourage and not to enable, but because that's kind of what he PCs. He PCs stuff that is not legal and error cards and things that are off the beaten path. Right. Well, and at least at work, um, we can't take them in just because of the legalities uh, uh, surrounding them is the word I was looking for. Um, we can't list them. We have to reject them just because of somebody coming back and saying, hey, look, you sold me this. It's not legit. I want my money back. Yeah, we, it, it's just easier to say we don't take them. Yeah, I just thought it was crazy. Um, so some more craziness. Um, 
issues we've talked about in the past. So now tracking serial numbers uh, at Wax Museum PC who has a great uh, podcast out there as well. Um, send out sent out a tweet. I've confirmed via email this week. At Beckett Grading is working on so tracking serial numbers. Now we're getting somewhere. So from Beckett to Wax Museum, uh, yes, we're working on internal an internal feature that will allow us to track serial numbered cards we receive for grading. This is still in the works, but something we feel will help with previously graded cards. This is being tested now and now with uh, plans to have it fully functional ASAP. This is not going to resolve all of the issues with serial numbered cards, though uh, should help address cards that BGS will grade now and in the future. Obviously, this won't track cards that, that PSA or SGC have previously graded, nor will track cards that have never been submitted for grading, but will help with people cracking out BGS cases and resubmitting. Um, so I think that's a, it's a good start. And then you talk about Steph issue car, uh, curry card, but I think the big part of this was uh, that, you know, if they can actually start this process, I don't understand why it wasn't done before. Right. You know, I, I would think that they would have, you know, oh, we've graded this one of six cards before. Huh. You, you, you should be able, if you're not going to, if you're going to have a, a business like that, you're not going to be able to, keep track of what images you've scanned and uh, slabbed previously. You, it, bare minimum, you shouldn't be taking pictures, but it's if you're not, it, what, what, what they make and what business they run and what they charge, it's tack on expensive. an extra buck. Oh, that's that's going to be their excuse. But no, oh, yeah. you should be able to look and see, okay, in the past we've graded this number 27 to 99, whatever. Six times. Six times. And six times it's gotten slightly higher grades. Well, what's the wh what's the why is it getting a slightly higher grade? Is it somebody just had extra coffee that morning, or is it it got altered and we passed it? Yeah. Yep. I I, I don't know. So it's uh kind of crazy. Um, at least they're, they're trying. We'll keep you updated on what's going there. Um, so last week we had a couple of topics we didn't get to, but uh, college paydays at Saber Geek, Rich Klein, our buddy Uncle Rich, um, and we want to give a shout out to Uncle Rich tonight. Um, news that his wife is looks like uh, has a new organ on the way, uh, kidney I believe, and uh, been waiting a while, and uh, all good. So we're uh, we're very excited for him and his wife, and uh, wish them the best. So last week uh, he tweeted out one hobby opinions with today's. Last week's uh, NCAA announcement about players getting paid for their likeness. How long likenesses? How long before Panini gets into doing a full-blown college set since they have the collegiate license? For against, can't wait. A couple of our friends hopped in. Cardboard icons sounds like an expensive venture. Doesn't mean this cost won't rise with additional license licensing aspect? Question mark. Um, this doesn't impact me. I don't collect collegiate cards. Booby Maine, what's up, Robbie? I like it, but I would just collect players for my alma mater. Fantasy Raft, I'm all for it. Kids getting paid for their autos. Um, what are your thoughts about this happening, and what issues do you think this could cause in the future? Ben. So, uh, I'll, I'll tag, t tap in here. Uh, Steph. Because I don't, I don't have much. 
Um, I like the idea that the athletes now have a venue to get money because in the past we've seen uh, quarterbacks or Heisman winners getting busted for selling their jerseys or selling uh, their uh, autograph to fans and or uh, sports card venues or uh, card shops. Um, and now apparently this looks to be legal. Uh I haven't read the actual state statute or the uh, NCA announcement, but uh, it, it should be interesting both in what the companies try to push out and uh, what, what it does to like, say um, flawless uh, contenders draft picks. A lot of it comes down to how much are they getting paid? Right. Because we, we know that the professional athletes aren't getting paid all that much by, you know, tops and Panini to begin with. Sure. So I don't think the collegiate players are going to get paid that much. Therefore, it's not necessarily going to alter the MSRP, you know. No, uh, but I mean, as a college student, if he, it pays for an extra Chick-fil-A, you, I have you spend a couple just, hours flying away. Ju- just from from the collector aspect, I don't think it changes the overall cost to us much, right? Whatever happens behind the scenes is irrelevant out of our pocket. I mean, a $75 box might become an $80 box. The marginal cost, if you're running a cost-benefit analysis, it's not going to alter our out-of-pocket costs much. Now, as far as the collegiate athlete, they should be getting paid. Why? Because these colleges are making a fortune off of marketable guys like Tim Tebow, you know, guys that that have immense popularity that go well beyond just their particular college and, you know, you're, you're really talking about a handful of athletes that are really going to benefit anyway. The higher end guys, you know, that that outside linebacker is probably not going to make a whole bunch of money. You know, it's, it's really gonna... well, I, for me, it's more of outside of a collecting aspect. It's jersey sales. It's their likeness and your video games, that sort of thing. So, sure. you know, uh-huh. so- I'm pumped because that means college NCAA college football could come back, which is hands down the greatest right. video game ever made, a desert island game. So, yeah, I think I, I think it's it may, it may even be like the guys can do a football camp in the off season now. Like there's so many NCAA rules, you know, that prevent these guys and gals from making any sort of money. Yeah, you know, when they're not in season or anything else. So. And some of them, some of them could use it. Here we go. Is this cat getting his money? <laughs> um, the thing, the thing is, is, is that they could use a few extra bucks. I mean, because some of these kids come and have their, they have families that have a few, have money to allow them to do that. Others, you know, majority of them don't, and that's why they work so hard to get a scholarship and, and to go to school and and have that. So I, I think it's one thing that the idiot governor here in California um, has actually gotten right. Uh, he was signed to that. He was one the first one to sign that bill in, and I think Florida followed. I think once you have Florida, California, and Texas, especially right. football, done because right. they that's where all the kids are coming from. That's where all the big schools are uh, for the most part. Um, so you're just that's when you have the big boys like that'd be like the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Dodgers all signing up saying, "Hey, we're for this." It's like, well, what are you going to do now? Right. right. Uh, Does uh, this mean that Reggie Bush gets his Heisman back? Hopefully. Does this mean that the Fab Four in Michigan now exist again? Yeah, but it doesn't take away that the Chris Weber called the timeout. So. Well, that's Chris <laughs> Weber's issue. And 
let's just say that that his his announcing isn't any better. You know, or his comment commentary. Terrible. Yeah. You know what's funny is the ratings of the show just went up as Ben's picture went away. Huh. Well, of course it did because now the best two looking guys on the show are not on the air. But the ratings went up. I don't get anyway. So last week we also missed out on some listener questions that uh, Ben solicited. We had we had three. So at the Mike Summer, um, sometimes co-host of hey, Superstar. Yeah. If you could be a trading card material, what trading card material would you be and why? You gave some examples like vintage gray stock, white stock, foil board, chrome, clear, uh, acetate. So Nick, what kind of what kind of card what kind of cardboard material or trading card material would you be? Oh no! Wow. What does that question even mean? I, I think he would be a super fracture material, whatever that's made out of. <laughs> a cereal of soup. I'm too. Like it's all nostalgia for me, and like it brings you back to like the whole vintage. Don't eat yeah. The 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 old stock. I think. I don't yeah, know. so a little gray stock. Yeah, I don't think I need anything fancy. Old gray stock. All right, Ben, what would you be? And you can only pick one of them. You can't be like gray stock with, with chrome or something. I, I would have to be like the old tobacco stuff, the, the old curmudgeon stuff that's falling apart. Holes in it. Yeah, the old uh, smelly nobody Steph, wants. What would, Steph, what would you be? Uh, junk wax. Oh, yeah. Only because nobody See, wants me and uh, secretly everybody has a lot, too much of me. And anyone fleer? You are the anyone clear. clear of this podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I would be, I would be the bubble gum because I'm sweet and old and crunchy. <laughs> and he turned to time. paste when he that stuff is not sweet. Just for the record, so well, one time it might have been. I was Maybe. sweet at one time. Now I'm old and bitter now. Uh, I don't know. We're gonna have to solicit your wife's uh, opinion on that one. See, I, I, I think that that, that makes she, her opinion is the one that I give her. Okay. See, I, I think that really? makes Ben the gum because yes. it was once sweet and now it's all crusty. Yeah. Uh, at Korean Cardboard, um, at, obviously, at Korean, look. At Korean Cardboard? You're wearing a shirt. Uh, would you care if manufacturers stopped releasing relics altogether? You should put a poll out last week on this. Yes and no. no you got it's yes or no. It's what, not what yes and response? no. What was his response rate? Well, I, I didn't write 594 votes. 65% is shared, by the way. 65% said no. No. And 35% said yes. Uh, would you care? I, I wouldn't care. Yeah, I, I would care. Uh, but I, and, and I know that you hate my two tiered. I, I would want to know if, is he talking about like player worn or these manufactured relic crap? I'm thinking. That, all of it. See, because I, I could do without the, the manufactured crap where they just make a 150th anniversary metal patch and then stick them on cards and then throw 15 different players' pictures on there. It's the exact same relic. That doesn't, I mean, yes, I buy them because I have a disease and I have to have them. But at the end of the day, those relics can be done away with and I don't think anybody's going to miss them. I still I, like I, I still like patch cards. I would only mind if they. I wouldn't mind if they got rid of the random, you know, everybody's minor star relics. Um, 
not, not to say that every card has to be a Mike Trout relic or etc. But if you're going to take care and get rid of relics altogether, you're going to miss out on cards like this that I am sharing. And that's just too amazing to pass up. So for those yeah. without video, there's a Clement, a Mantle, and a Reggie Jackson. Five number who's, five who's nine triple threads. Which one's Clement? Not Matt Clement. It's the one that says pirate. The one that says Clemente? Eh, so be it. Potato, potato. Call it good brew. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I could care less about the relics. And then Kaniac Collector. Uh, today's hobby question. If your PC were to leave, PC player were to leave your favorite team or current team, would you still collect them? Nick, My. what do you think? Your guy, he leaves your team. It happens all the time. I got I had to stop having favorite players. You know? So, yeah, I, I don't think that bothers me that much. Slightly you know, I, 70 votes, 64% saying yes. I've been very lucky because I collected George Brett and Barry Sanders as a kid, and they played right. their whole careers. Right. And my current guys, well, Andrew Luck, he retired, so he was always a Colt. And uh, Buster Posey, I, I have a feeling he's going to be a giant probably for his career. Uh, so I, I think I kind of lucked out with those guys, but you know, if you know you're you're like Ben, you're Octavio Dotel collector. You know, he's played yeah. for half of Major League Baseball or Bartolo Colon, like Steph loves. Carlos, Mom. I got lucky because my my three PC players played for every team in the league. I got Ricky Henderson, Edwin Mike. Jackson, and Octavio Dotel, A's legends. Mike Morgan as well. Mike Morgan got yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, my, I mean my, the A's are the regular Beach Boys over here singing. I get around, right? Indeed. No, uh, my uh, minor league uh, player, cl uh, personal, personal collector uh, collection, rather, uh, just got released by the Twins and got picked up by I think the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, doesn't have any cards yet, but uh, I look forward to that. Uh, I thought maybe mm -hmm. update, but he got bounced. Uh, we'll see if he's in Series One or Series Two next year. Uh, he's a relief pitcher. I'm not really expecting mini cards, but uh, I'll collect them. Doesn't matter. It, 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 it's not a team collection for me. It helps that he did play for the Twins, but it's not a team collection for me at that point. Well, um, yeah, all of all of Ben's ace cards basically are that. So, right, because <laughs> they're all on different teams. No, I mean, Matt yeah, Chapman's going to be a Yankee within the next three years. Matt Olson will be a a Dodger, a Red Sox. Um, you know. All your pitchers' arms are going to fall off. Yeah, I mean, all, all joking aside, you're not wrong with that statement, you know. And as an A's fan, you just I, I can't collect them beyond the hobby is too expensive, and they just again go back to the Montgomery 582 collection, right? It's just one more thing to collect, and this stuff pops up week after week after week. I think you went real hard with. Um, with Jonas Cespedes and a kind of bitch. Oh, I, I, I probably outside of, if you, if you take one of ones off the table, anything that's not a one of one, I probably have about 98% of every Cespedes card ever produced. Um, and then the day he got traded, that's it. It stopped. I just, I can't do it. I, I, I I'm deep in Ryan Healy and he's gone. I'm deep in Chapman and Olsen and, and I, I will collect until, the sun sets on these players, but the second it sets, there's new players that take their place. For me, 
that's how I've chosen to collect. Yeah. If you're a player collector, in your team, man. I mean, that's really what it is. And that's the thing. It's got to be green and gold. Even the guys that are retired, you know, guys like McGuire and Canseco and Fingers and Henderson and Jackson, the greats of the A's, I only collect them in green and gold. I'm a green and gold collector. I'm not a player collector. For me, that's how I like to collect. And, and, and anybody that likes to follow, like Steph said, with, with his guy, especially if you have a personal connection to him or, or you know, it's a you do follow a college guy like John Means and, and, and Ken. Hey, that's cool. That's how you choose to collect, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Well, if Garrett Hampson ever leaves the Rockies, I'll, I'll follow him wherever he goes. I don't care if he's playing for the Chico Heat in the Independent League. But what about what, what, what if he goes to some refractors? Dude, I, I went through that the other night. I have like six of them, and then I started looking at what I needed, and I was just stopped because it was like 47. And yeah. I was like, I have six. The, and two of them look the same, and they're different. I, I this is where you can imagine certain people uh, would have issues de- de- detecting the difference between purple and blue and light blue when they're, they're, they're only slightly different. Thunderous purple or anything. All right, guys. Um, one of our last questions we got asked last week as we were ending the show was what was the – Steph, you have to remind me. What was our first vintage card ever? Yes, what was the first vintage card that we purchased? What was your Steph? So I, I had uh, – Two, two answers. One, my first vintage, and one's my first pre-war, um, to answer the question. Uh, my, my first pre-war was the T206 uh, Bob Groom. Uh, not exactly Walter Johnson, whose birthday is today. But uh, uh, I did, did, did pretty well in 1912, 1913, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and my first pre, uh, vintage, quote-unquote, was a 1960 Camilo Pasquale and... Uh, sorry, 59, uh, Camilo Pasquale and uh, another senator that I'm slipping. Not bad. Nick, do you remember your first vintage or uh, pickup? 68 crew. 68 crew. Pretty good. This was this was mine, 75 Brett. Nice. One of the, uh, I think, I never owned one as a kid. I picked this up in October of 2012. Uh, never owned one before as a kid. Always wanted it. it was the, you know the golden card. Uh, and you never had, had a vintage card before 2012. No, no you didn't have anything, anything that predated 79 or 75 or 70 at all. Uh, no, I mean I guess I did. I mean I had some that I personally picked up when I was a kid. My dad bought me some 76 Bretts. Uh, I had a couple 79 Bretts because that was my birth year. Um, but I never personally paid for a, a vintage card myself. Yeah. I mean, is that how we're quantifying this so that we... That, that's how I took it. I mean, if I look back, my first vintage card would have been the 76 Tops All-Star George Brett that I got for my 12th birthday. For my dad, he bought me uh, about 15 or 20 Bretts. He was... Uh, in his line of work, he, was, he would travel uh, to L.A. and san diego a lot and then uh he he would have conventions he was in chicago and found a card store back there and he came home with a, a stack of george bretts um uh, for me for my birthday and one was the 76 tops so that would be my first one this is the first one i bought so i got a screen share with similar image to the one i had it's uh pedro ramos and camilo pasquale what? but they're on the they're on the washington nationals though bro Two years before they became twins. And if I'm not mistaken, actually, Pasquale um, 
played for the other Washington Senators and uh, was at least on the spring training team for the Texas Rangers. He's like one of two guys to play for the original Senators, the Twins, the other Senators, and then the Rangers. And I don't have um, I don't have any pre-war, but uh, maybe someday. What was your first one, Ben? I, I couldn't even tell you. I mean, if if it's stuff that my dad bought, the most important ones was the Christmas that he ended up buying me a '62 mantle in Mays, um, which was is that pretty the cool. one year he liked you when you were a kid. It was. I don't even know if it was a whole year, but it was at least a it was at least a quarter, a fiscal quarter, um, yeah. quarter four of the 1988 season. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, exactly. Yeah. They're sitting up on my wall. Um, but as far as what I've picked up, I, I had, I had a lot of vintage as a kid and then I was able to go back and piece together all of the A's tops run. So I have the master set mm-hmm. dating back to 51. If we include the, you know, the, the red and uh, blue red backs, and blue. Yeah. but, um, you know, I, I, I had a few pre-war cards growing up. So I, I honestly couldn't tell you what my first one was growing up or what the first one was I picked up as an adult. But it was probably A's on both accounts. Nice. Well, any any final thoughts, Nick? I, we appreciate you hanging out with us. We, we love your work and what you're doing and in the hunt for Hughes. Um, we're going to make sure we, we retweet all your stuff tomorrow. We'd love to see photos and videos of what that looks like at your LCS. Right. And, and how's that going? And, um, you know, we uh, we appreciate everything. I mean, like – we hung out for a good half day or evening in Chicago, which was fun. And we had some good stories. And uh, some was that uh, Dick the Italian beef? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Icy's. That was a like, fun time. So, nice any thoughts before we take off tonight? That? Any thoughts before we take off tonight? Like, I appreciate you guys do it. Like, I'll go back and listen to the episodes. And you know, sometimes I'll just be randomly sitting here and, like, oh, it's Wednesday and I'm up. You know, pop on whatever, but I'll just thank you and keep doing what you're doing, and hopefully we all hang out again. Of course, yeah. I, awesome. I looked it up. Your 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 last appearance was episode 49. Your initial appearance. Uh, we'll have to do it again before 30 episodes pass. Yeah. Uh, where uh, where, where can other people find you? Uh, Twitter at Nick underscore Wasica, W-O-S-I-K-A, uh, NickWasica.com is the website. And uh, hopefully just through Upper Deck here in the coming weeks when we start releasing some stuff. So, it's so awesome. Love it. it. You definitely have to keep us uh, updated on that. What's going on? And- All right, fellas, you guys have anything else before we head out tonight? Yes, yeah, stop buying ACO cards. Our friend Nick said that because people like Nick are out there working hard to present nice, quality cards for us, whether it be the photo, whether it be the design, all different levels from independent photographers to the companies themselves that, that manufacture these. This is, you know, proprietary stuff. It's owned by somebody that's not you. So stop making ACO cards. And for people like Ben that have bought them in the past, stop sure. buying them. Stop buying those. <laughs> no matter how cool they are. Here. No matter what it looks like to have 84 flare dual uh, can Seiko McGuire, you don't need one. No. Steph, you got anything before we run out tonight? Buy more 91 Fleer. 91 Fleer. Love it. The unofficial awesome. sponsor of tonight's presentation. Awesome. Well, I'm geeking out because uh, I received 100,000 penny sleeves today, 1,000 top loaders, and a bunch of other supplies they ordered. So 
Like you a, need to do like, like a, a live, fat kid in a candy store back here. You need to do like a live tweet of that scene from uh, what was it with uh, Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore? Indecent proposal, where you you just need to have you surrounded by penny sleeves, just fully clothed. The hallway is just wearing penny sleeves as socks. Okay, <laughs> that's enough. Don't live tweet it. Yes, uh, remember live every Wednesday at p.m. Pacific and Central 11 Eastern. Make sure to subscribe and review our show on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter about the cards. Follow Nick at Nick underscore Wasika. Follow Ben at our trading cards. Follow Te- Steph at Junk Wax Twins. You can always follow me at Big Ship 79. And keep sharing your hobby stories uh, with us, your great polls. Send your questions our way. We appreciate it. And just keep collecting. Have a good time out there. We'll see you all next week. Indeed. <laughs>